Hello there, it is 9 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. Now, the Republicans last night made an unforced error that could cost them the House of Representatives. Uh, despite the generic balloting numbers, we need to delve into what happened last night in primaries across the country, beginning with what happened in Virginia. Uh, Corey Stewart is the Republican nominee for the Senate in Virginia. You should know that the Republicans really don't have a shot at winning the Virginia governor or the Virginia Senate race anyway. Um, the question was, though, which candidate would be the fall guy to Tim Kaine, the incumbent Democratic senator in Virginia? Uh, there was a libertarian candidate backed by Rand Paul and Mike Lee, and ultimately the president of the United States who was running. And there's Corey Stewart who is running. Stewart is the Northern Virginia uh, councilman who has gotten into trouble by flirting with not just the alt-right, but the open white supremacists in Virginia. The funny thing about this is, so, so Corey Stewart, he he made his, his mark by campaigning on saving Confederate statues in Virginia. You should know that 60% of Virginia voters, not 60% of Republican voters in Virginia, but 60% of Virginia voters, including uh, black, Hispanic, and white voters, Democratic voters, Republican voters, male voters, female voters across the board, 60% of Virginia voters support saving the Confederate monuments. They are opposed to getting rid of the Confederate monuments. And Corey Stewart made his mark there uh, defending that issue. And, and it's kind of an adopted issue for him because he's from, I believe, Minnesota. He's from he's he's a Yankee who came down and he acts like he's he's been a, a son of the Confederacy. He's defending the conservative monuments, made his claim to fame there, got some notoriety there. But then the guy went overboard flirting with not just the alt-right, but white supremacists and white nationalists after the Charlottesville protests where the woman was run over and killed. Um, he seemingly was friendly with some of the people who were cheering on the violence there. Um, he's got ties to the Paul Nalen race types. Um, he's got a lot of unsavory characters who support him. Most of the people in Virginia probably have no idea. This was a race that was not getting a lot of attention, uh, and it wound up being far closer than people expected. And Democrats are probably not going to be able to use a guy like that nationally to hurt Republicans, but they don't have to. They only need 24 seats in the House of Representatives, and his win is going to incite Democrats, particularly minority Democrats in Virginia, to go vote, and that could impact several congressional races there, including Dave Bratt, uh, the the very conservative, fiscally conservative congressman who beat Eric Cantor. Uh, it puts his race in play in a way it otherwise was not um, because of now the Democratic antagonism and even, frankly, some Republican antagonism to a guy like Corey Stewart. Um, now, Stewart was not the only one. A, a, an unknown guy got the Republican nomination for the Senate in Maine. And again, these two races are races where the Republicans weren't going to win, uh, but the nomination, particularly Corey Stewart, has the potential to damage Republican prospects in the House of Representatives. The other big race that's worth noting is Mark Sanford's loss in South Carolina. 
it's actually kind of a fascinating dynamic in that Mark Sanford was the governor of South Carolina who went down to Ar- left his wife and kids for his Argentinian mistress. Remember, he was supposed to be on the Appalachian Trail, uh, and instead he was in Argentina. Um, and <laughs> I'm debating whether or not I, I can say no, you can't say that already. So anyway, he so he was in Argentina with the mistress. He wasn't on the the Appalachian Trail, um, and he never actually. They got engaged. He did with me. I thought they got married, but uh, I, I got to be on CNN at seven forty tonight to talk about this race. And uh, I I had said in a, a summation that he had got married, but he did get married. He they they got engaged, um, and he his so he survived all of that. Now, full disclosure, after he left elected politics for a few years, he came back, he publicly apologized, and he ran for Congress, and I supported him. And I said at the time, um, he makes no bones about what he did. He made no bones about what he did was wrong, uh, and he sought forgiveness, and I said, you know what? I'll forgive him. He, he's, he's a good guy. He's the weirdest man I've ever known in politics. You should know. He's, he's a profoundly odd duck. Um, but he sought people's forgiveness, and he apologized very publicly for what he had done. He ran for Congress, and he actually ran against Stephen Colbert's sister, if you remember that. And he beat her by 10, 15 points. And he has been the most consistent congressman against the size and scope of the federal government. He has been a, a stalwart of the Freedom Caucus. He has consistently supported building a wall along the border, you should know, um, thinking that that's that's a fiscally responsible idea that helps the country. But he's been really opposed to the size and scope of federal government. And But what has separated him from other Republicans who have voted similarly to him, he's voted with the president 80 percent of the time. And the 20 percent of the votes where he's disagreed with the president have all been spending bills. But what separated him from his colleagues who have voted similarly to him is that he's been very open with not liking the president, that he doesn't think the president's a conservative. He doesn't think the president's committed to small government. He doesn't think the president is committed to dealing with the national debt. Um, and he doesn't think the president supports free markets. He thinks the president's bad on on tariffs uh, and protectionism. He's come out just in the last couple of weeks about that. Uh, and so his campaign opponent made the entire race about Mark Sanford not being supportive of the president. And it's kind of funny to me. The man left his wife and kids, fled to Argentina, moved in with his mistress, never got remarried, and none of that scuttled his political career. Publicly criticizing the president of the United States is what scuttled his political career. Uh, had he just voted the way he voted and not actually been publicly critical of the president, he probably could have won re-election. I will tell you, though, that I have talked to several political consultants in South Carolina today, and all of them have told me the same thing in separate conversations, that you also have to remember that Mark Sanford is a renowned tightwad and refused to spend money on his race. Uh, people knew he was in trouble when he went up with attack ads towards the end of the campaign against his opponent, but otherwise really didn't want to put in the money in his race uh, because he's such a tightwad. And well, he's lost. And it does beg the question, where do conservatives go who really are concerned with the size and scope of the federal government? Because the Republican Party really doesn't seem to be a home for them anymore. 
You have probably seen the Dollar Shave Club ads. They're actually really awesome, uh, really, really funny ads. I was one of the original Dollar Shave Club members when they came out. I mean, I've totally sold into the, bought into the ads. Really, really a, a cool shave club idea. It delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Uh, you name it. They've got shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that'll leave your bottom feeling tingly clean. Dollar Shave Club is more than just razor blades. It has all these other things, and there's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just $5, you can get their Daily Essential Starter Set. It comes with Body Cleanser, One Wipe Charlie's, their amazing butt wipes, their world-famous shave butter, and their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Six blades. Keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, anything else you need for your bathroom. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash Eric. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It is 25 after the hour. Eric Erickson here right now on the Senate races. Here's a race you need to keep your eye on now in light of what happened in Virginia with Corey Stewart. Uh, keep your eye on the Arizona race. Um, Kelly Ward is the candidate a lot of conservatives have gravitated towards against, uh, what is it, Martha McSally, um, to replace Jeff Flake. That is a seat the GOP could lose. And there is ample polling out there that if Kelly Ward is the nominee, the Democrats will win that seat. Uh, and the reason is because the Arizona Democrats, like Democrats everywhere this year, are really fired up. Uh, they are expected to turn out in droves, and you've got to have the best candidate possible. And Kelly Ward is a rather weak candidate. So if she is the if the Republicans in Arizona decide to go with her. Uh, they could very well hand that race to the Democrats, and the Republican control in the Senate uh, it gets hurt even more. Uh, we got to play our A game here. Uh, we've got to save the Senate. I think the odds are in the Democrats' favor to win the House just because of uh, the California races, the Pennsylvania redistricting, what's happened in Virginia. That That's enough. They only need 24 seats. But we have the potential to pick up seats in the Senate. Claire McCaskill continues to implode in Missouri. She's not a good candidate. You know, you got Heidi Heitzkamp. I want to play you this commercial when we come back. Heidi Heitzkamp is a Democrat in North Dakota, and she's running ads about voting with President Trump 50% of the time or some such. She's trying to convince Republican voters to help her. And you know what? Donald Trump has been singing her praises. Donald Trump has brought her to the White House. Uh, and Republicans in the Senate, by the way, are livid with the president for doing that. And then, of course, there's the Bob Corker meltdown, um, saying that that you got guys in the Senate, Republicans in the Senate, saying you're you're gonna you're gonna poke the bear, poke the bear. He said, uh, "Yeah, they might." I, I wonder what happens in a lame duck session. I really do. What happens when the election is over, things have settled down, the new guys aren't there yet? Uh, do the Republicans pick a fight with the president on tariffs? Uh, going to be very interesting to see what happens on that front with the Democrats and the Republicans after the election and when voters can no longer hold them accountable.
Alrighty, if you are headed up 575, you have rain from the 75-575 split all the way up to LJ. Uh, it, it gets lighter north of Jasper, but really strong stuff in the Canton area, Ball Ground, Woodstock, Kennesaw, Ackworth. Uh, you've also got a strong storm moving over 85 just south of Duluth. Um, it will be right over the interstate in the next five minutes, the heaviest part of it. Uh, and then you got some pop-up showers in the Carrollton and uh, Douglasville area as well. Y'all, did you know that if you eat at Chick-fil-A, you are a bigot? Now, I, I, I still I have no idea why the gay rights movement has a problem with the pickle between two buttered buns, but they apparently do. And they are now pinning pieces that if you eat at Chick-fil-A, if you eat that pickle between the two buttered buns, you're a bigot. You're, you're, you're a homophobe and they want you to know it. You're, you're not allowed to do it anymore. It, it is becoming sacramental to them. It's just bizarre. There's a piece at the Huffington post um, it is by Noah Mickelson. Noah Mickelson is some sort of editor at the Huffington Post. Yes, he's the editor, editorial director of the Huffington Post. And let me just read you the title of this piece. If you really love LGBTQ people, again, let me just stop there and say, I really think that they could get a whole lot more people to just come on board their movement if they changed it to BLT and G, because who doesn't love a BLT? Nonetheless, if you really love LGBTQ people, you just can't keep eating Chick-fil-A. You can't do it, people. When I was growing up, there were a few things as exciting to me as a trip to the Regency Mall in Racine, Wisconsin for lunch at Chick-fil-A. My family didn't have much money then, so eating out was a rare treat. But when the trip included waffle fries, an ingenious food so alien to southern Wisconsin in the early 80s that they seemed like small, salty miracles to my tiny, still soft mind, it was almost too much for me to take. Still, as delicious as the Georgia-based company's fried foods were, they weren't my only weakness as a kid. Da, 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 da. He was gay. You get the point. So you can imagine how upsetting it was for me when Chick-fil-A's president, Dan Cathy, proudly came out as a homophobe, declaring in 2012, we are inviting God's judgment on our nation when we shake our fist at him and say, we know better than you as to what constitutes a marriage. <gasps> there you go, folks. There you go. Because the owners of Chick-fil-A are Bible-believing Christians, you are not allowed to eat at Chick-fil-A. And if you eat at Chick-fil-A, you're a big... You know, I actually know some people who are like this. Uh, a, a couple of them um, who are gay rights activists, some of them sympathetic to the gay community, and they won't eat at Chick-fil-A. I know one guy who won't eat at Chick-fil-A because... He thinks they're a fraud that they close on Sunday as a marketing opportunity and they don't really believe it. So he won't eat a Chick-fil-A. I, I kid you not. People will believe anything. Y'all, food is only political if you make it. Nobody made the sandwich political. These people 
made it political. It's a tasty, delicious sandwich. And they're upset with you for just wanting a good meal. They're the number one fast food company in America. They generate more business than the other fast food restaurants, and they're closed one day a week everywhere because they offer a good product in a family-friendly environment with good, kind employees. And what an awful indictment on people who take this view. What an awful indictment on them, not on Chick-fil-A, to take this view. It's just crazy. It really is. Let's go to the phones. Jeff in Kennesaw, you're next. Welcome. Hey, I, I just want you to know, Eric, it's not all gay people. My son, he's married to a man. He's in the mil- His husband's in the military, and they love Chick-fil-A. You know, the, the farce is, is, is really, I, I don't even think it's LGBTQ. I think it's, uh, quite frankly... Um, it's bitter, just, angry leftists. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Bitter, angry leftists. I don't, I don't think all gays feel that way. My other, my, my very best friend's gay. He doesn't feel that way. He eats at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Look, you uh, know? I, I, I'm getting a text from a friend of mine who, who's listening uh, on the live stream <laughs> who's gay. <laughs> he said, I agree with you. I have no idea. I don't know that I would have put it the way you put it with the pickles and the buns, but still... <laughs> it, Thanks for letting me. Talk, ab- absolutely, Eric. the whole thing is preposterous. This is what happens when you let politics poison your mind. It really is. It's what happens when you let politics poison your mind, and it's sad. It's sad to see, and it's sad to see these people. Uh, they they get a, a you know the flat Earth society is growing in numbers. It really is, uh, because they now have the Internet to provide them an outlet, and I really think it's the same way with this. These malcontented, bitter, angry souls didn't have platforms in the past to to spout this nonsense, and now they got the front page of the Huffington Post to spout this nonsense, and so they can attract a following of bitter, malcontented people. And the the way you fight back with this is not necessarily to go eat at Chick-fil-A every day. It's just to not be a bitter, angry, malcontented soul. Agree to disagree with people. And then go get your pickle between two buttered buns at Chick-fil-A with a tasty slab of chicken in there. Yummy. It is 54 after the hour, y'all. I just got to read you a headline that just came across from the Associated Press. It's just the headline. We don't need to talk about the story. This is the headline. Police say a 67-year-old Colorado man attempting to shoot a raccoon on a utility pole shot himself in the leg instead. Wow. My goodness. Okay, back to the phones we go. Floyd Monroe, you're here. Welcome. Hello. Hi, Eric. Hi there. Um, so I, you seem confused as to why people might not want to eat at Chick-fil-A. And I just wanted you to understand that for me personally and a lot of other people I know who don't eat at Chick-fil-A, it is because of what they have done with their profits, supporting the American Family Foundation, the Windshape Foundation, which lobbies Congress to fight against gay rights or equal rights. And so people I know who don't eat there, and it's a tough boycott. Um, they don't want their money going to support those kind of things. Yeah, I, Listen, I can get the concern from that, but I, I, I view that as like I don't want to have friends who disagree with me politically. Um and I realize there are people out there who are that political that up my my money may go to this. But my God, I, I, I would have to give up movies 
and TV shows and music and and so much more if I worried about the politics of those people. But there are but there are degrees, and I disagree with Tom Hanks. Okay, I'll see his movies. Um, I don't buy Converse shoes because they support gun control. Money goes to their profits go to gun control, and I liken it. If KKK had a burger stand, they had the best burgers. Would you be seen eating one? Well, I think the KKK is different. How though? Because what what uh, the the Kathy family has said is, hey, uh, if you support this, you're against God, basically in a nutshell. And so, I mean, the same thing could be for any other group of people. If they decide, yeah, you know, and, I guess ultimately what what it is 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 that and and Floyd, thanks very much for the phone call. I I, I got to let you go because we have a hard break. I, I would actually like to carry on this conversation, but I just don't have enough time in my life to worry about who's given money to who in politics. It's a good sandwich. Go eat there. Um, I, I don't worry about. I've got friends who want to boycott Dick Sporting Goods, and so I just I, I I got don't have enough time to care about that stuff. Welcome back. Second hour here. It is Eric Erickson on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I am in studio today. Reason being is because when I get off here at 7, i got to run over to CNN. I'll be on Aaron Burnett's show at 740 tonight. And we'll be talking about the primary stuff you and I spent time with in the last hour. Right now, I want to talk about some local politics. The Casey Cagle situation with Clay Tippins, I, it is my understanding from people who um, know more details about the audio recording than I let, let me step back for a minute. Um, so if you haven't paid attention, after the primary was over, Clay Tippins, who came in fourth in the race, went to Casey Cagle's office. Um, apparently it was his campaign office, not the state legislative office, campaign office over in DeKalb County. And had a conversation with Cagle about Tippins' endorsement. And Tippins apparently had a number of things he wanted to ask Cagle about. One of those being uh, Cagle's support for a uh, school scholarship fund that individuals and corporations can give money to in exchange for a dollar-for-dollar tax credit. Cagle had long been opposed to these and suddenly rushed it through. Uh, uh, Clay Tippins had apparently heard from his uncle, Lindsey Tippins, the chairman of the Senate Education Committee, that Cagle forced it through even though he opposed it because he wanted to hurt Hunter Hill and benefit himself. So Tippins recorded his conversation. Clay Tippins recorded his conversation with Casey Cagle. And in the audio that Tippins released to the AJC and WSB, Casey Cagle heaps scorn on school choice supporters, claims that he has beaten this legislation to a pulp uh, year after year, but had to support it this time because the Walton Family Foundation was going to pour $2 million into Hunter Hill's campaign through independent expenditures to support him, and Casey Cagle needed to wipe out Hunter Hill. He viewed Hunter Hill as a serious threat to his campaign and needed to stop him. So according to Casey Cagle, on this audio, you can hear Cagle in his own own voice. He says he, he had to get this legislation through in order to stop Hunter Hill from getting money. Now, fast forward to yesterday. The AJC has an article 
that uh, is an interview with Lindsey Tippins, the Senate ed- former Senate Education Committee chairman. He resigned his chairmanship over Cagle's handling of various school choice bits of legislation, charter schools, and this scholarship program uh, that would increase the ability to fund the scholarship program. According to Lindsey Tippins, he doesn't have Cagle recorded, but it's all very similar and 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 flows with what Clay Tippins' conversation with Cagle was. According to Lindsey Tippins. Cagle told him he wasn't just about stopping Hunter Hill from getting the $2 million. It was about getting it for himself. That is a felony in Georgia, uh, if that was actually what happened. According to Georgia law, if any member of the legislature steers legislation for financial gain for themselves, their campaign, what have you, if any, any member of the legislature steers legislation for financial gain or for something of value to himself, uh, that is illegal. It is a felony in Georgia. If what Lindsey Tippin says is true, it, it, he is describing a felony. Uh, the lieutenant governor advocating for legislation to ensure his campaign gets contribution. Now, there's a point to be made on this uh, that we need to consider. Okay, so a few points to be made here. First, um, Cagle is very definitive. You can hear him in his own voice on the audio about this $2 million. How did he know? Uh, a couple of lobbyists in the state capitol tell me there had been a rumor towards the end of the legislative session that Cagle had actually met with the lobbyists for the Walton Family Foundation. And, and it seems very plausible considering how both Clay Tippins and Lindsey Tippins uh, insist Cagle was talking about two $2 million, a, a specific number, not millions, not hundreds of thousands, not thousands, but $2 million. Um, how did that number come up? It, it seems very likely that he got that number from someone uh, and was able to convey it to Clay and Lindsey Tippins in separate conversations. Uh, two, the conversation with Clay Tippins took place in DeKalb County. The conversations with Lindsey Tippins took place at the state capitol uh, in Fulton County. The district attorneys in both of those cases, in both of those areas, are Stacey Abrams supporters. It seems very likely to me that you could get a, a grand jury investigation from either of them during the general election and have a very damaging grand jury investigation into uh, Casey Cagle. Again, it is actually clear-cut Georgia law that if you advance legislation, if you advance legislation for something of value to yourself, it is a felony. And there are cases in Georgia that suggest that something of value to you can be financial gain for yourself, but also if you're depriving someone else of something that would be valuable to you. So by depriving Hunter Hill of $2 million, he's actually financially benefiting himself. Um, Arguably, that's something of value. So the question is not whether Casey Cagle committed a felony in this. The question is, do two district attorneys turn this into a scandal during the general election that hands the race to Stacey Abrams as the state demographically in the metro Atlanta area appears to be turning uh, purple? And we already know there's going to be a high Democratic turnout in November. Does something like this hurt Casey Cagle? The other thing is what else is on the tape? 
because I have it on very credible authority there is more, uh, and it is enough to drive donors away from the Kegel campaign, I'm being told. Uh, and In fact, I'm told there, there are potentially other donors and uh, political interests are going to be put in awkward positions with what else is on the tape. You know, there have also been, and I don't mean to be crass here towards the lieutenant governor, but there have been rumors over the years about um, it, it, personal uh, issues with with the lieutenant governor. Is that on the tape? It, was that something that was brought up on the tape? If so, did, did he outright deny it or what? I mean, if, if you're going to ask him about all these sorts of questions, that seems to be something you would ask. And we're, what else is on the tape? Um, I am told by people in the news business that more on the tape will be coming out. Uh, it continues to look like it will not only paint the lieutenant governor in a bad light, but will paint others in bad light as well, not because of Clay Tippins, but because of what the lieutenant governor says. Um, this drip, 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 if this comes out in the general election, and I assume that it will come out in the primary, now, but does it make Kegel bleed sufficiently that, uh, listen, we know for certain that the Democrats think they can win in Georgia. I think they're wrong about that, and you think they're wrong about that, but they do have essentially unlimited funds. The Soros team and whatnot are going to be flooding Georgia with money. Remember, Stacey Abrams only had $500,000 for her campaign, but outside groups spent millions and millions of dollars to help her. They're going to spend millions and millions of dollars to help her win the Georgia governor's mansion. And if they've used this audio to hurt um, Cagle, the question is, is it better for Republican voters to deny them that or for Republican voters to blow it all off? A, a Republican voters tried to blow off the Roy Moore situation, and that didn't work so well for them in Alabama. So I, I definitely think that in Georgia, Republicans need to have a, a come-to-Jesus moment on the Kegel campaign. We need to know what else is on the tape. I have reached out to Tippins, by the way, to see if he would come on the program uh, he is traveling this week. I think I'm going to be able to get him on, even if just to understand what was his motivation for recording the conversation. The Kegel camp is attacking him for recording the conversation, saying it was it was unethical, it was a breach of trust, what have you. Well, it, it, damage is done. The audio is out there. Um, so why do it? Um, and, and one of the, the issues there, the why, I got a sense from speaking to a friend of Tippin's and, well, it's something you're probably yelling at your radio right now anyway, uh, but let's discuss it when we come back. If you're struggling to come up with a present for your dad for Father's Day, I've got a great one for you. It's actually a really cool website called Man Crates. Man Crates has hand-packaged gifts for every type of dad. There's, for example, there's a knife making kit. There's a whiskey appreciation kit. There's a, I shouldn't even say kit, they're crates. They're wooden crates. They actually come with a crowbar for you to be able to open the crate. If you go to my Instagram page at EW Erickson, you'll see. Um, you can get them for chefs. Uh, you can get them for hobbyists, hunters, fishermen, um, dads who like barware, dads who like sports, you name it. It's it's really got gifts for everyone. I really love the concept, and I actually like the products. I've actually got a bar set of pint glasses and coasters engraved with my name from man crates really handy useful stuff your dad will love get your special father's day discount today at mancrates.com slash eric e-r-i-c-k it's a limited time offer it's only for father's day so you got to go today that's mancrates.com slash eric e-r-i-c-k mancrates m-a-n-c-r-a-t-e-s.com slash eric 
you gotta go to man crates folks father's day is coming up get your dad something really cool and unique and with a crowbar I talked to a friend of Tippins asking because you know, it, like Lynn Westmoreland has come out, he's supporting Kegel and has attacked Tippins for the breach of trust to record this. I, I, a friend of mine says this sets a terrible standard um, because how are you going to know now whether or not you're being recorded? And Tippins, for instance, says he understands this concern. But that Clay ran because he believes Georgia government has become corrupted and he wants to expose that corruption. I got to tell you, the number of people I've talked to about the situation who say, well, this happens all the time. This is what goes on behind closed doors. This is the level of horse racing. Except it's if, if you're trying to steer legislation for financial gain, for something of, of value, that's illegal. And... It's damaging, and people suspect this sort of stuff goes on behind the scenes. But we've never had real audio confirmation right? out of the mouth of the person doing it. This is something new in that we have confirmation from the individual who did it in his own voice on audio saying that something was terrible policy, but he needed to harm someone else, uh, so he had to pass the legislation. It may go on behind closed doors, and I'm sure it does. I'm not naive here, but that doesn't make it right. Uh, not only does it not make it right, uh, but if you're actually doing it for financial gain for yourself or financial harm to someone else for your own gain, um, it, it's potentially criminal. Uh, and it, you could have a grand jury investigation during the general election. Part of me wonders if we need a grand jury investigation. Go on and sort it out. Get this done now. In this month before the primary and either clear the lieutenant governor or, or charge him, um, as the case may be, maybe there's no there there. But you know and I know the Democrats are playing for keeps. And you know and I know there are a sizable number of independent voters who really have no more fond affection for the Republican Party in Georgia. And you know and I know that these Democratic district attorneys, they will play to help Stacey Abrams. And you know and I know that the media in Georgia is biased against the Republicans and they, too, will drag this scenario out through November to see if they can hurt him. You can look at elections across the country and here in Georgia to see that. The more we know in this runoff to be able to make up our minds, I think the better the situation is going to be. We, we need to get all of the tape out. We need to get all the information out. And, you know, I, I got to tell you that part of me just I'm the, the the testicular fortitude of Clay Tippins to do something like this. The man campaigned on cleaning up government and exposing corruption. And in his mind, he's doing it. And whether you or I agree with him. He's keeping his promise, and that's impressive. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You will note I have avoided this entire time talking about the Michael Cohen story. Michael Cohen, the president's lawyer, has been abandoned by his lawyers. And there has been all sorts of speculation today that perhaps this is a signal he is cutting a deal. Um, ABC News ran with this story that he was cutting a deal or some such, that um, his lawyers are abandoning him because of that. I don't believe that is true. And of all places, Vanity Fair has a story that's come out in the last couple of hours explaining from sources what they think is going on. There is a pile of documents that has to be sorted through 
to determine what is attorney-client privileged and what isn't of all the documents seized from Michael Cohen's uh, hotel room and office. And while the government has someone who goes through and does that, the Cohen legal team does it as well, and they cross-reference with the FBI's team, and if they're in disagreement, they go to a judge, and a judge decides what should be attorney-client privilege or not. And according to sources in the Vanity Fair piece, Cohen's legal team has essentially been doing this 24-7. The judge didn't give them a lot of time. So they've been at this for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Some of the lawyers sleeping in the office, some of them having abandoned seeing their family for a while to get this done. And the lawyers are exhausted. And more particularly that these are expert lawyers who deal with document discovery work. That's a very particular line of work for lawyers. They aren't trial lawyers. They aren't criminal lawyers. They are document production lawyers. So when you're in litigation, uh, you have what's called a discovery period, and that is where both sides uh, send each other requests for productions of documents and interrogatories. The interrogatories are questions you ask, like uh, state the names and addresses of all of the people you spoke to in connection to matter X uh, during this time period. And you can object and say it's too broad, it's too vague, it, it's, it's void for, for um, inaccuracies, or you can provide the information. You get requests for production of documents as well. Provide all documents that reference X during this time period. And again, you can object or you provide the documents. And if you object, the judge hears. And there are lawyers these days in America who spend their time composing interrogatories and requests for production of documents questions. And there are lawyers who spend their time going through the questions and interviewing people to help answer them. And that's what this law firm has been doing. They are exhausted. They're not criminal defense attorneys. They've been working around the clock and their task is now at an end. They've done the work that was had, and so they are walking away. They are recusing themselves, and Michael Cohen is now going to go out now that they've done their work, and he's going to find a criminal defense attorney who's familiar with the inner workings of the Southern District of Manhattan, which these lawyers are not. And that makes perfect sense to me. I, I think the bigger story here is not that this is happening because that makes sense. The bigger story is that the media's rushed to turn this into a scandal. Oh, he's finally going to turn on the president. That tells you more about what the media wants out of this than what's actually going on. Uh, and and it, it's just another blatant example of media bias in this whole story related to the Mueller investigation. I mean, it, you know, what's so interesting here is that you got a ton of people out there today waiting for this inspector general report about what happened to um, Andrew McCabe and Comey and the Clinton email scandal. You know, the people who aren't super waiting with bated breath for this reporters, do you know why? Because it's going to work against their sources. I mean, you, if, if this were about Trump, if this were an IG report about a scandal in the Trump administration, you, you would have reporters lining up waiting to go on TV to talk about it. But they're trying to avoid it as best they can because it's not going to hurt Trump. It's going to hurt them. OK, I have avoided another today. This whole segment here is just on stories I've avoided. The World Cup football, also known in civilized parts of the world as soccer, uh, is coming 
to the United States in 2026. The the U.S. bid to bring the 2026 World Cup to North America won the tournament's hosting rights by a landslide over Morocco. Um, it's going to be a shared bid between the United States, Canada, and Mexico, which is kind of ironic just given the last week and the trade negotiations and whatnot. Uh, President Trump had signaled that the travel ban would not be in effect in 2026 to, to impact this. Um, there are already rumors afoot, strong, credible rumors afoot that Atlanta will be one of the host cities for a, a World Cup match in 2026. Um, and you know what that means, actually? If the past is a good predictor of the future, we'll have the best traffic ever. Remember back in 96 during the Olympics? For the, I was in, in college at the time. Uh, and traffic during the Olympics was phenomenal in Atlanta because everybody was too scared to death to get on the interstate because they were afraid it was going to be so bad. Um, during the World Cup, we could have awesome traffic around here. We could potentially like send Doug and Mark and then the traffic team on vacation for a week because everybody will be too scared to get on the road anyway. That would be an upside to this. But, man, uh, all my soccer-crazed friends are going crazy over this. I guess i got to go to a, to a uh, Atlanta United game because I think I'm the last person in Atlanta to not, and it's really not because uh, I don't want to go to a soccer game. It's that I just haven't thought about it, had time. Uh, but i got a ton of friends who go, and they say they're, they're the funnest, uh, most fun games in Atlanta, uh, that they're more fun to go to than a Braves game just because of the crowds and whatnot. And I, I haven't even been to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, I guess I haven't been to the Braves. i got to go to a Braves game, too, in any event. The World Cup coming to the United States and strong rumor coming to Atlanta in 2026. You know, there's a columnist for the New York Daily News, which is a liberal outlet. Uh, Linda Stasi is her name. I don't know her. She apparently unintentionally made a, a ethnic slur of some kind. Apparently she she said Kimberly Guilfoyle at Fox had to go pick grapes or something. She's uh, being attacked. Did you not know she's half Puerto Rican? This is a race. I, I, I don't. I, I'm going to stay out of that. The point is, she writes an article that Fox should fire Kimberly Guilfoyle, who can't possibly stay neutral while dating a Trump kid. Um, I don't remember all of these articles um, when you had so many reporters going to work for the Obama administration and their spouses stayed reporters. Uh, there were dozens and dozens of people who left the media to go work for the Obama administration while their spouses remained reporters and, and no one said anything. I mean, one of the, um, the um, Joe Biden's press secretary, not Jay Carney, uh, his, his later press secretary, I can't remember her name now, but she was married to Shyla Murray. Yeah. She's married to Neil King, who is now at fusion GPS, but was at the wall street journal. And no one w w said, oh, well, Neil King shouldn't be a political reporter anymore. He can't possibly be fair, married to Joe Biden's press secretary. I mean, time and time again, we've seen these things where, where left-wing people work in the Obama administration and their husband or wife is a reporter and no one calls them out. But Kimberly Guilfoyle is dating Donald Trump Jr., apparently. And now suddenly there are calls to 
um, calls to have her be fired because she's dating a Trump. That's just such a garbage story. If, if this were the Obama administration, those stories would not be happening. It's just nonsense. Um, and, and you know, she's she's not my favorite person of the five. Um, I, I've met her a couple times. She's a very nice person. Um, don't really have any, any objection to her, but I, the whole story's nonsense. I'm happy to defend her here and Donald Trump Jr. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It really is. It's bias. Folks, if you want a copy of the show, you missed anything today, you want to hear it over, uh, text the word show to 444-999. We are out of time. I will see you all tomorrow. I'll be on CNN at 740-ish.